Oh, I'm Doc John. I am an alcoholic. And it, it, it's a privilege to be here. It, it truly is. And, um, and uh, what I say tonight is, is, is my opinion. It doesn't necessarily reflect Alcoholics Anonymous uh, as an institution or the, the teaching. And um, if I say something that's, that raises a question or you don't understand or would like clarified, please just stop me and ask me what I meant by that, okay? I would appreciate that. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not, not going to do that. I, uh, what, what it was like was that uh, I received the gift of despair. That's what happened. That's what it was like. I had sunken into the abyss of despair. I... Um, I tried to commit suicide. I put a loaded gun on the roof of my mouth with a house on the Yellowstone River made of glass with uh, four loving children and a wife. And they didn't leave me. And I had a practice in medicine surgery in a small town. And um, things just got a little out of hand for me. And um, when I say things got out of hand, um, alcohol wasn't involved. It was nor drugs. In fact, I, I drank very little. I was an alcoholic. I later found out that they didn't take the normal treatment for alcoholism. And the normal treatment by far is alcohol. That's the normal treatment. And so I'm here because I'm a treatment failure. I can't take the normal treatment. I suspect the other people here you know, are, you know, are treatment failures too. We can't drink ourselves to death, so we have to find some other way of being here. So I received the gift of despair. I put a gun on the roof of my mouth, and, and um, something horrible happened. Really, really horrible. I could not pull the trigger. And then, that's when I bottomed out. See, I didn't bottom out when I decided to kill myself. I bottomed out when I couldn't. Because, see, suicide was my ace in the hole. I, I'm, you know, I'm going to fix this. And something really cool happened. That was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and uh, I walked out into my living room. And I had everything in the outer world. You know, I, I had everything. I wasn't disgraced. I didn't have a DUI. None of that stuff had happened to me. I hadn't lost a thing. And um, I stood in my living room, and I honestly, honestly did not even know where to put my body. I mean, I, I, I was so broken and so desperate, I didn't even know where to move and something very gently put me on my knees I went to my knees gently and I did not put myself there I did not put myself there and something said out loud with my voice that I did not say it said help me and the hair standing up on the back of my neck right now but but I did not I did not say that and that is the only unconditional thing I've ever done in my entire life that which came out of my mouth was unconditional. There, were, there is no question. And it's the only time I've ever said or done anything that was unconditional. So the, that, was, that was what it was like. I, I would, and that, I call that at that moment the gift of despair when I couldn't pull that trigger. That was the gift of despair. And like all great gifts at that moment, I couldn't appreciate it as a gift. It was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. So that's what it was like. What happened was I got into AA, and, and once in AA, I found out that I was an alcoholic. 
I found I was an alcoholic that didn't drink very much. And, and um, because the people that, that taught me about alcoholism that were the experts in it said, you know, our answer lies in this book. And, and, and in, the, in one of the prefaces it says, as we read these stories, we ask ourselves these questions. Did I do that? No, I didn't have the the drink the drunkalog that people had. Or more importantly, did I feel that way? I felt everything in that book, everything in the beginning of that book. When the people talk about the guy going into the bar just to die, and the search party found him, and the you know the horrible mental uh, despair that I, I had experienced that. And then it says, or most importantly, do I think this book can help me? So there's there are there are so it. And I, I don't normally talk about how little I drank, but but it but I drank very little, and I tell you why. Um, I came. I was a general surgeon in a small town, and and I was always afraid of harming people or making a mistake. Really, really afraid. And I came home one afternoon, and and I stood in the, alone in that living room and looked down, right down on the Yellowstone River. It's going right there, big glass house mountains going up in the back and I said I need a drink and something and something came over to me and says if you take a drink now this will all be gone about five or six years and I didn't drink but I suffered miserably for not drinking I want you to know that I want you to know that I I was an alcoholic I would get drunk about six times a year just for one eat one night most people most alcoholics that I talked to have spilled more than I've ever drank and uh, I've never had an unplanned drink, drunk. I never considered it drinking unless I got just so drunk that I, I blacked out. So my drinking history and my drunk along and what happened to me isn't very um, powerful. It's not very glamorous. It's not, it's not the usual drunk along, and I don't usually talk about it, having so little to drink. But I am an alcoholic. So I went into I got into AA not because of a drinking problem, but because it was the only it was the only thing in that small town that that my partner that I went to and said I tried to commit suicide, and he says, "Well, you know, there's no psychiatrist here," and you know, he said, "Why don't, there's a, there's a, there's a meeting of a group of people that call that." Our meeting and it's called Emotions Anonymous and it, and there were some women that met and it was a twelve step program and I went to that I was willing to do anything and I walked into that meeting and um, it was the first time in my life I was forty two years old it was the first time in my life that I I was with a group of people that I knew understood how I felt and I also knew that 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 they that what what fixed them would not fix me. But, but the thing that broke me is I went ten days and nights without any sleep, and I'm still working. That's pretty. That's oh, listen to that. See, and any and you know, let me turn this off. I don't usually go down this road talking about what you know my my little drinking, but. So anyhow, so that was it. So I went, I went there, and I, and I, and I used to. What broke me, what what finally got me to try to commit suicide was I, 
went 10 days and nights straight without any sleep, still working. It was the middle of winter in Montana, February, and I would, uh, I would, I just slept in my underpants, and I'd go out 20 below zero and run around outside hoping it would shock me back to sleep. And I'd come back and crawl into bed with my wife and cuddle with her, and, and she put up with that ice cube with cuddling with her. And I, and I wouldn't be able to fall asleep. And the only reason I tell you that is that I started meeting with the, you know, going to those meetings and uh, with those women, and uh, I started, I, I was getting a couple, two hours sleep a night. So that was an improvement. And then finally they said, well, you know, it's a 12-step program, and they have open AA meetings, so, so go to the, uh, so I started going to an op open AA meeting every, every day. Then after about a month or so, I started getting about four or five hours sleep a night. I kept working. I never missed a day's work. And I was miserable. Oh, my God, was I miserable. And uh, so that's the background. So I'm in AA, and I'm, I'm in there for about, I'm going to meetings for about a year, and I'd say, I'm John, I'm neurotic. And, they, and about 30 people, alcohol, full-blown alcoholics in there, and, and they love, you know, they, they let me do that. And they cared for me. So I learned something very early in, you know, in my experience was alcoholics helping a non-alcoholic. Reaching out, letting them come to their meetings and everything. Reaching out to me. So I learned that early. And that's the personal side. So I never turn my back on anybody that needs help if they'll, if they, if they'll do 12 steps. I've taken a pedophile through the book and I've taken a child beater through the book. And they, they did very well with their recovery from what they were doing at that time. <laughs> Playing with that. So, so anyhow, that's the background. So I'm going to AA meetings, going to AA meetings, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I know everything. <coughs> and I'd sit there, and, and they put up with that stuff. And finally, I had a good friend that, I, that asked me to sponsor him. And I, I probably gave away 30, 30 big books. And I'd never read, read it myself, ever, ever. I was so desperate, when I, so desperate that when my, my sponsor was my partner in business, he'd been, he'd been in AA for a year. He said, just, just read how it works. Just read that over and over. And this, this, is, this is crazy. This is what I did. Two or three o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep. I'd go in, in, into my den, turn out the lights, turn out the lights, and try to read that. That's insane. I tried to read that book in the dark, to, just to try to go to sleep. So that's, that's, that's where I came from. I was really messed up. So I'm in AA, I mean not in AA, I'm going to AA meetings. I'm going to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings for about a year, going every day. Finally I'm getting some sleep, maybe five, six hours sleep a night after about a year. My buddy, three, three of my good friends in AA, and, and they and, uh, went to see, hear Joe and Charlie. And they came back, and the first one said, John, we just, and, and they talked to me individually. Each one of them called me that day. And one said, uh, John, I, we went and heard Joe and Charlie. I, I'd really like to talk to you about it. And I was very polite to them, and, and I said, no, thank you. And the second one said, and I wasn't as polite. And the third one came over, the third one came over and uh, suggested to me that I might be an alcoholic and, and that he wanted me to take me through the, through the book. And I really argued with him. I mean, I argued with him. I, you know, and, and, um, and, he, and we're, he left, you know, in my house, and we were good friends. We didn't have any 
discord. It just disagreed with them. I wasn't an alcoholic. Why would I need that stuff? So I'm, I'm in my house alone again. Same room that, yeah, it's a, I just remember that same room. And I'm, I'm there, and um, I'm, I'm, go, I'm going through this argument with him, getting him all set up. And I got him. I finally do the whole argument, and I've got him. And an, overwhel an overwhelming presence, an overwhelming presence said, John, you will go through the book with him. I called him instantly. I called him instantly, and I said this. I said, I would like to sit at your feet and have you take me through that book. So I've had some interesting experiences. I really have. So there I am. So we, we plan a trip to go play golf at St. George from Montana. It's a 10-hour trip and an hour out. Of course, the first thing we do is I'm driving, and he's got the book. I mean, this is this 10 hours. I mean, something's going to happen. Boy, it did. So I'm driving, and, and, and he's going to start page in the very front of the book. And, and uh, he says, you don't think you're an alcoholic? No, I'm not an alcoholic. He says, well, why don't you just stop in there and, and at this bar here? And we were in, well, we were about an hour into the trip. And he, he said, why don't you just stop, stop there? And have a couple of drinks. And I said, why would anybody have a couple of drinks? And it dawned on me, my God, you know. And, and we went down to St. George, and I'd been going to daily meetings for 14 months. John, I'm neurotic. A meetings. John, I'm neurotic. And uh, I went down there, and that's, that, that's when I celebrate my, my birthday. I'd quit drinking before that, before that. But but I went to in, in St. George. I went to my first AA meeting and said, "That John, I'm an alcoholic." Mm -hmm. And and I say that I say that because it's a small group. Obviously, people have been around a while, and I don't know. You know, it's just it was just an interesting thing that how I got here. And um, okay, so there I am. So I come back and I I I. Uh, he takes me through the book. Uh, I do the, you know, one through nine. I, I go right through them. I get the nine step promises, and I live in 10, 11, and 12. So so what it was like, what happened, that's what happened. I, I finished the ninth step, and since that time, since that time, I, I live in 10, 11, and 12. Now, what is, so... And what it's like now is is I, I I claim to be one. I have to be what it's like now is I'm a recovered alcoholic. Sanity has been restored. The drink problem's been solved. But but I but I in my hope or what it's like now or my hope is that I continue the process because I know I know there's only one one thing that guarantees that there's only one thing that guarantees an alcoholic will not drink. And that's to be one of the we in the book in the present moment. To be one of the we in the book, and and that's and that's my message is that is that there are there are there are more. I read the stats on it before I came down here just for the heck of it. And there are more alcoholics that that quit drinking outside of AA than in AA. And, and the book says that we have no monopoly on recovery. But there is no tr single treatment other than AA. That, that, that guarantees 100% recovery. Now, is that really true? I mean, I, I've been saying that. It took me a while before I would say that, and I, and I say this, I say this. Um, I, I've been around for a while. For the last 10 years, I've been saying this. I have never seen a person take a drink 
while following the directions in the book. And it doesn't. And, it, and the book doesn't say not to drink. It doesn't say not to drink. It says the only treatment, successful treatment, for alcoholism is abstinence. But it doesn't say anybody should stop drinking. And I and I when I first started saying that, I thought old timers would come up and tell me I was full of baloney and I shouldn't be saying it. But nobody's ever ever in the last well, I'm probably 15 years now. I say it publicly at meetings when I speak like this. And nobody's ever said, you're full of baloney. My experience has been, and no, I've never seen anybody ever take a drink while following directions in the book. Ever. Now, that's a pretty powerful message for somebody, if they're an alcoholic and they have to stop drinking. And I would not ask you to believe that. I would not ask you to believe that. But, but the book says, you know, so, so what I found out is I have to be, to get what I want, I had to find out what I want. First of all, to solve a problem as a, as a surgeon and, 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 and later on 15 years as an emergency room doctor, the first thing you learn in medicine is cause no harm, and the second thing you learn is you have to, you have to make a correct, in order to, to help people or to fix a problem, you have to correctly identify the problem. And I didn't know what my problem was. I really didn't. I followed all the rules. I, I was a religionist, and I obeyed all that stuff. And I, you know, I did. I was a goody two shoes, brown nose, and son of a gun. I, I didn't break any of the rules, and I did everything. Everything I was supposed to do. I became a surgeon. I got a little few bucks. Lived on the Yellowstone River with a loving wife. You know, I did all. I had all the stuff. And when, I had, and when I had all the stuff is when I tried to kill myself. So something was wrong. Because I knew I was doing what they told me to do. I knew, I, I really was. So, so then when I got into AA, I found out, I found out what I was looking for. And in, in, and in my case, I'm looking for a feeling. I'm looking, and I call it okayness. Some people call it peace. Some people call it serenity. But it's a feeling. I've been looking. I've been looking to, for the feeling of okayness all my life. And and in alcohol, for alcoholics, alcohol is what gets you know gives us that for a while, and it works for a while. And then it's then if if I seek recovery, it means it stopped working. So now I know what I'm. So now I know what I'm looking for. Now I know what I want. I want okayness, and I want it. I want what I want, and I want it now, or somebody's going to get hurt. You or me or both of us. And see, and see, that hasn't changed. That has not changed. I want what I want. I want what the people in the book got. And if I don't get it, somebody's going to get hurt. Now that makes sense now, doesn't it? Because I won't be a recovered alcoholic, and I will harm somebody. And anytime I harm somebody, I always harm myself as well. So I have a change. I still want what I want, and I want it now. And if I don't get it, I'm going to throw a fit. I will. I will. If I lose enough of my okayness to not be okay, and I don't go into that book and follow the directions on page 84, you know, I'm going to throw a fit, and then it really gets bad. And I'll eventually drink if I don't follow those directions. So anyhow, so anyhow, there it is. So now that we're meeting as a group of alcoholics, so that's the problem for me. And all my care, okay, so the, the problem is, I'll, so what keeps me from being okay? 
what keeps me from being okay? Now, I don't have bipolar or, or clinical depression, but if I don't have severe mental illnesses that cause me non-okayness, in my case, there's only one thing that can take away my, that keep me from being from being okay, and it's my fourth column that I learned in my fourth step: my dishonesty, my selfishness, my self-seeking, and my fear. So now there's not a million jillion things wrong with me. Now I know what what I want. The problem is I can't get it. I throw a fit, and I get hurt, and I don't like it. The solution in the book says your problem is you'll be okay if you can get rid of your fourth column. And then they tell me no human power can relieve an alcoholic's fourth column. And I said, gee, that's nice. But to see, the cool thing about Alcoholics Anonymous, whatever, whatever they tell me is the solution, they show me how to get the empowerment to come into the solution. And they said, you're, the empowerment to not be in your fourth column has to come from a higher power. Lack of power, that's your dilemma. Well, that's what this book is all about. And for me, they were right. So, the, so, so, what I, so what I say, I have to complete steps 1 through 9 and live in 10, 11, and 12. And, and, and uh, 1, 2, and 3, I believe, are pretty much just observations when somebody gets here. 1, and people say, what's the hardest step? What takes the longest? Well, it's the first step. Not the acknowledgement that I'm powerless over alcohol, and, and my life is unmanageable. But all of the work that it takes me for to, to get there, the days and days and days of drinking and the despair, I mean, all that horrible, horrible stuff, years and years and years. So, the, so when I get here, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm investigating whether I, and if I wonder whether I'm an alcoholic or not, the best place to find out is in the book called Alcoholics Anonymous. It, 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 that, that describes alcoholism better than any medical book I've ever read. You know, it's it, it's a it's an obsession of the mind coupled with an allergy to the body. The allergy to the body triggers the necessity to drink more and more. It's a physiologic response. No human power can overcome that. If, I mean, if you're in al- once you reach that stage, no human power can overcome that. So that's the problem. If I'm an alcoholic, if I don't know I'm an alcoholic, then all I have to do is come in here and 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 and. And ask you people to help me find out whether I'm an alcoholic. You'll direct me to the book. The book will tell me whether I am or not. I either so I have to become one of the we in the book. And everybody I've ever talked to that came into AA seeking help in the beginning is one of the we in the book. All those horrible stories in the beginning, you know, all the desperation and the all that horrible things. Those horrible things. People identify with that when they first come in. Well, they are one of the we. We are what those we. Those are the same we. They're all are all the recovered alcoholics at the end of the first 164 pages. So, so, okay, I'm one of the we in the book in the beginning. We'll just stay one of the we in the book because they're the ones that got all the, all the promise, all the guarantees. I don't call them promises. There's, and, and I'll sit here and tell you tell you something, and I'm not a, you know I'm not hesitant to say it. I have received every single guarantee in that book except one, and that's called and that's the permanent sobriety one. I don't I don't say I haven't gotten this and that baloney, and I know how to call them back to me if I if I lose them. Okay, so one, two, and three is 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 already done. I'm powerless over alcohol. My life is unmanageable. 
The second step is, you know, I, I don't have, it says came to believe, and in italics take the second step, it says we ask ourselves this question, do I now believe or am I willing to believe in a power greater than myself? That's all it says. It doesn't say God or anything like that, or, or that can recover me. It doesn't even say that. And people say, well, I, and it's cool because, you know, we, we help people and, and they get hung up in the, in the G word. I mean, it's, people really get hung up in the G word in the second step and the third step. And I have a lot of fun with those people. And um, so I say, well, okay, you don't know if, if you believe. That's fine. Are you willing to believe? I say, I don't know if I'm willing to believe. And I say, are you willing to believe if it proves itself to you? And I had one guy say no, and that was the end of our relationship. That was it. Well, how can you help that person? The other person says, "Yeah, if it, yeah, if you can prove itself to me, I, yeah." I say, "Okay, pick a pick something in the book if it happens to you that proves it to you. Pick a nine step promise. Pick anything in there." And I say, "Then then to do the work to that point, and if you don't get get to it, then it, apparently this isn't for you, and it doesn't work, and I'm wrong." Never had anybody come back and say it didn't work. So that's, that's the second step. The other thing I ask them, and I tell everybody, you know, everybody comes into AA with a higher power anyhow, power greater than themselves, I'm sorry. Everybody comes into AA with a power that's greater than them. It's called untreated alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So what's the big problem with a power greater than me? That's all the second step is. The third step is, you know, uh, made a decision to turn our will and life over the care of guys we understand. And, 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 and I, I've I've had so much fun with, I hear people say, I'm hung up in the third step. And I go talk to them. And two of those people I've talked to took the third step prayer within 20 minutes of me talking to them. We got into the fourth step. And, and, and there's only two reasons for me not to do, well, three reasons. Three reasons for me not to do a step. Number one, I don't understand what it is. And that can be clarified through help. I'm afraid to do it. Or I'm not going to do the steps because I don't need to recover so the, so the first three steps to me are, I can't, maybe something can, and I'll ask it to. It says do steps four through nine. And at the bottom of page 84, you're into the, the tenth step. But, but at that, the bottom of page 84, the drink problem's been restored. And we, I'm sorry, the drink problem has been solved, and we've been restored to sanity. That's a recovered alcoholic. That's it. The insanity of the first drink is gone, so... I'm a recovered alcoholic. I am, by definition. So, if, so I tell them, you know, if if you know, they say, well, I can tell them when they'll recover, for, when they'll be a recovered alcoholic. Get to the bottom, page eighty-four. And, they, and and you know, but I never. The other thing is too is I never tell anybody that to do anything, ever. I don't tell them to do the steps. I don't tell them to quit drinking. I'll tell them I'll, I'll make some real strong suggestions, and if I can't show them word for word where it says that in the book, I might kill, my advice might kill them. I, so I'm very cautious about what I say to people. So what I say to people is, let's look in the book. See, I see the, the solution to all. I've never come across a problem in my life since I've done since I've learned how to use those steps. Not a single problem that's not covered from moment to moment. Between eighty-three and eighty, you know, the end of that chapter, it says what to do upon our eyes close, upon retiring, on awakening, and it tells me what to do every second of the rest of the day. Every second. 
everything. It tells me the words to say and what to do. So, so I like it, and for me, it works. And 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 when I meet with people at AA meetings, you know, the, you know, it works for them too. They all, you know, sitting there shaking their heads. Yeah, you do those. So for me, it's uh, complete steps one through nine, eleven, ten, eleven, and twelve. Well, ten is just one through nine. Ten is just one through nine. So what happens, you know, you know, they say, John, you know, you claim to have all those guarantees and you're still an asshole. <laughs> and they're right. They're right. But the book doesn't say that I lose my assholeness. It doesn't. <laughs> it says I'll recover from alcoholism. Now, I, and I say, I, I, you know, I, I can't harm anybody. By, what I say now is that my assholeism is still pretty significant. It doesn't cause, in reality, it doesn't cause the fallout and the damage it used to. And the other thing is I don't do is I, I, I at this point, I, I, I haven't in a long time justified harming another person or myself. But the punchline of it is, I'm still an asshole, but, I'm, but since AA, I'm enjoying it more. <laughs> see, you guys could laugh. See, you guys know about this stuff. See, it's kind of fun to talk to people with, you know, that have been around the block a little bit. And, and, and you can talk like this. And, and, but, but, the, but the message, so on 11 and 12, you know, you, so 1 through 10 is just, is just, is just getting okayness. 11 and 12 is just having fun. See, the book tells me what my purpose is to fit myself to be of maximal service to God and people around me. See, that's the other thing about AA. You people are running around out there, they're wondering, why am I here? Why am I here? Hell, if I'm one of the way in the book, I know I'm here. It tells me. I didn't know it until it told me. So, you know, I just have to be one of the way in the book. And, and the other thing is, is that I really stress is I have to be one of the way in the book in the present moment. Because there's only one drink that can get me. And it's the now drink. It's the now suicide. It's the now harm. They, that's the only thing that I can ever deal with. I don't deal with a day one day at a time. That's way, way too much work. I mean, that it's overwhelming. One now at a time. Just don't. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna drink later. I don't quit forever. I just. Just don't drink now. And what's really what's so great about it is the book gives me directions that guarantees that I will not drink now if I follow that process. You know, alcoholics stop drinking instantly. Did you ever, did you think, ever, when we stop, we can, we can go back, we have a birthday. Most of us can say, I stopped drinking. A lot, of, a lot of people will tell you what time they stopped drinking that day. They can remember, now how in the hell does that happen? They say, don't leave before the miracle happens. Well, baloney, the miracle happens instantly. Whether it's sustained or not is whether I continue the process that started when I got here. So, you know, I, you know, and oh, so I'm a surgeon, you know, and, and um, my training is, is, you know, so I had people coming to me, and, and this is weird stuff. You know, people would come to me with cancer, you know, and I'd say, well, we got to do this, 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 and this, you know, with, you know, we throw about 40% of your body, you know, and, you know, he gives them this horrible story about what we're going to operate on and what they're going to be like, you know. And, and they'd say, and they'd say, when, when can we do it? Well, and they say, well, what's my, you know, what, what's my chances? What, will it cure me? And I'd say, no, it's about a 60% cure rate and a 40% failure rate, you know, for that operation, for your problem. And then they say, well, when can we do it? 
And then I ask them the most important question. You know what that is? Do you have insurance? <laughs> now, I, I tell you that story about the cancer thing because they don't even, they might go see another doctor for a second opinion or something like that. But the truth of the matter is they say, when can we do it? Okay, somebody in AA comes, up, comes to me and they, or anybody and they say, you know, I, I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm just really messed up, you know, and I, I've been in these meetings for a while, and, and um, you know, can you help me? Oh, yeah. Well, no, I can't. I, I'll, I'll try to help. I'll share with you. God helps you. I can't help you. But I'll share with you. And I say, you know, I, I, we, the people that you, that you see at meetings that demonstrate what you think you might want to have, we all, all of us, that are significant sobriety that, you know, almost all of us, to a person has completed steps 1 through 9, 11, 10, 11, 12. And they look at me and they, they, and they say, uh, is there anybody else out there? They, you know, they, they now, okay. And, 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 and I throw this out. I looked up these figures before I came. There's 140 million alcoholics worldwide. As of 2013, the best figure on on people alcoholics in AA, and they don't keep stats on it, but but the central office has got a guess on it. Only two million one hundred thousand people. That's that's two over a hundred and forty. That's 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 one point five percent of the world's alcoholics as AA. So I don't have to. The thing for me is not to wonder why they don't do it. I should wonder how in the hell I've ever been given the gift of me being able to do it. And it's good to wonder about. And I, you know, I, whatever conclusion I come up with, you know, it's, 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 um, it, it certainly leads to a, at least me thinking me I ought to be grateful. And there's a lot of other thoughts that come up in my mind that, that people in AA don't like to hear. But there's been people write about it. They, they say the people in AA are chosen. No more, no more comment on that. But, I, you know, if no human power can relieve my alcoholism, I'm not responsible for getting myself recovered. So anyhow, these, these, are, the, these are the nice things I like to think about. How, if nobody does AA except us, you know, AA, you know, you would think, you know, we believe, you know, those of us are expensive. Everybody in the world did AA, we would be, it would be at peace, it would be one. It would be. And nobody does AA. AA is not for the world. AA is, is for the few people that nothing else can help, and that's us. And that's all I have. That's it. I mean, right? 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 <laughs>